All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Uh, keeping it moving here. All right, a little bit with the NBA theme. Going back to the NBA theme before we get into the uh, football pigskin talk. Um, so... Adam, we'll see what the punishment is going to be this time. I mean, from the sounds of it and the look of disappointment, I mean, I go back to that. I go back to the uh, interview that he had with Malika Andrews on draft day. Um, This one should be significant. Um, I think this one is probably, you know, I know everybody's tried to take a stab, but I would say this one's going to be the minimum, I think, of 40 games. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, and I think it should be. It should be the minimum of 40 games because evidently if he's really dealing with something, he needs to – obviously he doesn't have the right support system around him, even family members. I mean, you got his mom calling him to every damn thing that goes down to come squash. Like she even forgot who, like, you know, forgot who her son is. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just one of the things that – and that's why they always say, like, hey, man, I don't care. Black, white, Hispanic, Samoan, Indian – Okay, that's why they say when you dump everybody likes. I mean, I would take money problems all day long, but that's why they tell you that some people are not prepared to deal. And I ain't talking about just job. I'm talking about his family. There's a lot of people that ain't families ain't prepared to deal with that kind of money in that kind of spotlight. And you got it. You have no choice but to try to learn by fire on the go. But if you just go back and listen to some of the incidents that his mom is calling him to come take care of, it's like, seriously? Seriously. And I know it doesn't go down like that. And I know the situation is different because, again, like I said, my barber is very close with the Clarksons, Jordan Clarkson's dad. And I hear stuff all this time, a lot of stuff that I there's no way that I talk about on air. But there's a lot of things in structure that goes down where you look out for certain things and say, nah, man, get him out. Get they're, they're no good. And he doesn't have that. So I'm just telling you, if he really has something serious going on, yeah, it should be a minimum of 40 games so they can figure it out. Because they're to blow a lot of money and make it hard for the next guy that's coming out of a college that looks like Ja, that plays like Ja. I'm telling you, the youngsters, don't get, they don't get it, though. They don't understand it. 877 877- Three seven grind, and a lot of people my age and my generation, we didn't get it. They didn't get it either. I mean, I just watched a documentary with AI kind of telling you that, which AI wasn't dealing with nothing even like this. And even if AI was packing toast, which pretty sure some people in AI's entourage was, they went on social media, even though this was pre the social media boom, but they wouldn't brandish it. They wouldn't just they weren't talking about it. You know. Anyway, sticking with the NBA, uh, we got a coaching hire that came in this morning. We've got the Phoenix Suns who have made their decision, and they're going to hire former Lakers coach, former Indiana Pacers coach, Frank Vogel. They're bringing him on to take over the Suns and put it in the docket. Like, this one's interesting to me in a head – well, I won't say a head-scratcher, but it's interesting. Um you know, the, the thing about Frank, which I didn't have that much respect for Frank at the Indiana when he coached with the Pacers, um, 
when he got the Lakers job, I was just like, because you got to remember the time that he took the Lakers job, nobody wanted that job. Even with LeBron there, they thought it was a mess. I mean, the whole thing, remember the whole thing going on with Magic Johnson and Palenque and that situation and Magic removing himself from the organization. That was a job that nobody was really breaking down the door to get. Now, I believe that's the job that Tyron Lue really wanted over the Clippers job, but it didn't work that way. But for the most part, other than Tyron Lue, no one really wanted that job. So Frank Vogel got that job. And trust me, Frank Vogel's phone was not ringing at the time either. That was one of those that they didn't want to give it to Jason Kidd because at that time they were worried about Jason Kidd's background, his his past coming out to be a bad light. I think that was just an excuse. I'm like, really? Okay. But they didn't give it to Jason Kidd. So nobody else wanted it. They had to end up calling Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel's phone wasn't ringing. So he goes, he wins a title in the bubble, which some people credit that, some people don't. But at the end of the day, he won a title. So my whole point of this is, you know, the owner that has purchased the team now that didn't hire, you know, uh, Monty, well, I get it, but made the decision that we underachieved with you. When I made just just speaking of the way he I think the owner's thinking, like when I made the move and made the trade to go get Kevin Durant, we should have done better than this. Not really thinking about the causes and effects of really what down did it. So my point in this is at best, I, I mean, can can you really say Frank Vogel is that much of an upgrade over Monty Williams? No, you can't. It, it's, it's more of the fact the thing that separates them is a championship on Frank Vogel's resume and a questionable shortened, and I don't even think it has nothing to do about the season being shorter because, again, we know how we feel about that in '99. But I think it has just to do like you're playing. You're not like you're playing in. A, you're playing in a ballroom hotel. No travel. No crowd. And a ballroom. Okay. So my point is, this owner has kicked up dust. Rightfully so. He paid the money to buy him. But he didn't kicked up dust and ran out Monty only to make Monty the richest coach in NBA history to sit there and go and land Frank Vogel. Now, I will tell you the positive because I'm sounding real negative about the Frank Vogel hire. But the positive that I will say what I know that Frank probably will bring to the table, he will make Phoenix. And I think Monty did to a certain extent, but he Frank is going to make sure that they're committed to defense. I will give him that. I don't have him on the level of nowhere near a Coach Spostra coaching defense or a Tibbs coaching defense or a Pop coaching defense. Not this current Pop, the old Pop coaching defense. But he's going to make them make an effort to play defense. Now, the question is going to be, what is this roster really going to look like? By the time October comes around, who is Frank Vogel going to be coaching? I believe that they're going to possibly and probably most likely move on from Chris Paul and just build around Devin Booker and, and whatever you got left of Kevin Durant's career. That's pretty much what they're going to do. I think Chris Paul's the odd man out. I think he'll end up probably playing in L.A. with the, with the Lakers, with LeBron. And AD, he probably take chump change or he might ride into the sunset and just retire. But the bottom line is, 
with all that dust he kicked up, I would I would probably be thinking more of a bigger splash than Frank Vogel to come coach Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in the Western Conference. That's just my opinion. Has the details of the years, of the numbers, of the, the amount been released yet, Mr. Clark? Yeah, through Shams, uh, five years, $31 million. $31 million. So, so what's that? About half, if I'm not mistaken. So close to half of what Monty's contract is. Yeah. Well, I, like I said yesterday, I mean, I know I like Monty Williams, but let's let's just keep it real. I mean, oh, definitely have because remember Monty, yeah, six years, seventy eight point yeah, five. Yeah, I think if you keep it real, I like Monty. I think he's a good coach, but that number Monty got is really about who's right in Detroit. I mean, I think Detroit knew Detroit was going to have to overpay for some coach to go coach Detroit. I mean, they don't have, you know, I, I don't know how long it's been since Dumars has been running that up top. I don't think he's there anymore. But they don't have the kind of respect yet in the front office and ownership the way they ran. And they've been down a while. They've got some picks and they've had picks, but it's just it's been a long the time. They've been at the, at the uh, cellar. Uh, so to me, they were going to overpay somebody to take that job. And it just happened to be Monty. Okay, because to be honest with you, what I don't think is report. I think Monty turned them down first go around. That's what I heard report a week or two ago that he had turned them down the Pistons job. And then all of a sudden, four or five days later, six days later, he's named coach. And so that tells me right there they just gave him money that he couldn't refuse. They couldn't refuse. And evidently, the owner who makes the decision, he fell in love with Monty, either from afar or just having a comment like, hey, that's the guy that's going to bring us out of debt. And he has the resume and the record to show you can. He can't show. He ain't got nobody to the NBA fight, a chip, a championship, but he's taking teams like where Detroit's at, and he's got them into the playoffs. And, and that right there can make a difference of millions and millions of dollars for owner. Not necessarily winning a title, but just getting in the tournament. Just getting one of those eight spots at some point. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so those are the things I wanted to touch on with the NBA. Now, I did have one question before we leave and jump in the NFL. And it's kind of, I was going to pass by it, but Adam Martinez is checking in. And he says, Calvin, been some time on Facebook Live, by the way. You can go to Sports Grind Entertainment Facebook, or you can go to my personal page, and you can leave comments, and I'll read them on air just like I'm about to do right now. Uh, Adam Martinez is checking in. He says, Calvin, been some time since we talked. Been busy vacationing with family. Must be nice. I've been grinding. But go ahead, Adam. Um, I'm excited about the Spurs winning the lottery. I have been hearing that the Spurs should consider trading or signing established PG to help Wimby point guard. I like the Spurs current point guard, Trey. I think they need a big body that would reduce Wimby playing too much time at center. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm glad you made it back from vacation, Adam, safe and sound with the family. Um, I will tell you, this kind of goes with what I had on the docket with Wimby, but I'll kind of find a way to sandwich both of them. Um, look, I like you've heard me say this before, Adam. I like Trey as well, too. OK, am I am I trying to sell to people like Jazz and everybody else down here in the 210 <clears throat> that went, that Trey is going to be this future all star first team all point guard we've got a diamond in the rough no i'm not selling that to you about trey what i am selling you though is i think that he is a guy that will probably be loyal to this organization he will be one of those guys that can do the quote unquote spur thing in hometown discounts and take you know basically you know not demand too much money 
and I think he can run the team. And I don't. And to be honest with you, it's hard for me to even. And I think anybody, any Spur fan, to be honest with you, I think it's unfair to even judge what you see of Trey right now, what his capability, his ceiling is, because of the talent around. Like we're gonna find out, and hopefully, if Wimby, you know, pans out to this generational type of player. You know, and they maybe add a veteran. Then let's see what really he looks like with talent around him. Because I've never said Trey is not a guy, a point guard that's going to be able to lead any team by itself without talent around him. Trey is not the centerpiece that you're trying to build around. Guys like Wimby are supposed to be the guys that you try to bring around. So to me, with if they go out and sign a veteran point guard, I mean, who is that going to be? And and like, I, I know you've been on vacation, Adam, but I've been saying, you know, you got to be, if you're bringing in a guy like Wimby, you're already going to have Tam in his ear, Manu, Tony, you know, Pop is going to be, you know, Jonas thinks Pop's done, but I'm assuming he's going to be there. You've got to let Wimby be the alpha in his personality in the locker room. If you bring an eight-year, seven-year point guard vet on who that could be, that's you run the risk a little bit of that. And I would even tell you, even if it's on somebody on the level of Van Fleet, Van Fleet's won a title. Van Fleet has showed he can go off for 30 to 40 a game if he gets hot. You think Van Fleet's just going to walk in here and just automatically walk on eggshells because of Wimby and because it's the Spurs? Pop? No. Now, I'm not saying that I wouldn't take Van Fleet, but I don't really think they need him right now. I mean, if this was when when people say a point a veteran point guard, th- to me, yes, you do. Like Jonas had this point yesterday, which I kind of agree. It comes to a point where you do start want to plug in some veterans with young guys, but I don't think we're there yet. I think we're a year or so off from that or two. Like if this was a team that was like, damn, they got the number one pick, Wimby. This ain't the Golden State situation when they got Wiseman. Where it's like, damn, you're going to add him to what they already had. I understand they were hurt and injured, but damn, that's not this team yet. So if this team was close of being in contentions and like maybe competing for a Western Conference title or to get to, then yeah, let's go get some veterans. But give this, let it run with this group for at least another season or so. Okay, I think in 2020, where are we going to be? So that's going to be the 2023 season. I think in the 2024 season, like a year from this coming up, like the off season coming up from after this coming up season, then that's when I think you start looking at, okay, who's a vet who we could go get? Like what sense would it make to add a Dame Lillard to this group? Nothing. Nothing. I don't even know if you put Dame on this team. First of all, you got to give up some pieces. But if you even give him on this team, does that make them a top four Western Conference team? No. No. So I would just say the moral of that is to be patient. Now, the one thing I will say that I did have on the docket that I wanted, and it kind of ties in with the NBA Finals and what we're seeing and the team that's there with the Nuggets and how they got there. And my question was, is it fair? Should, should Wimby, should we have the expectations of Wimby in this region? Because I know there's Spurs fans up in Lubbock and Abilene, excuse me, came to talk today in El Paso. So in this region, should we expect as Spurs fans for Wimby to have the Joker effect on this organization? You want to define the Joker effect? Yes, I will define what the Joker effect of what what I'm going to say. What I mean by the Joker grew as a player through this process with this organization of the Denver Nuggets, he grew as a player, as a man, 
on and off the court with this organization and grown to be one of probably the top two or three basketball players in the league currently. Okay. And he's done it on the long the sides of Murray. He has brought him on and made Murray better. He's brought along Porter and made Porter. I mean, he got Porter paid that contract, which I think was just ridiculous. But he's it's obviously he's made guys behind him better, and he's taken and he's the face of the franchise, and he has them on the finals with three games away from winning the franchise's first NBA title. And so what I mean by the Joker effect is it for it to play out like this. Now, am I saying that should he have to be better than the Joker? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is look how this has basically manifested over the last six years for the Nuggets for them to get in this point. Should that be the trajectory and should that be the ceiling with the hype and what this kid has potentials of doing? Okay. now there is one thing I will add to that. In Wimby's defense, that's a little bit different that the Joker didn't have to deal with. And I'll add that and we can move on to some pigskin talk. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving product. around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer that's been in the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pendleton Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. That is Pendleton Whiskey, which is an official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And it's official whiskey of the sports grind and an official sponsor of the sports grind 
877-37-GRIND. All right, here. All right, keeping it moving. So let me just elaborate before we move into the pigskin talk um, in regards to what I was asking about the comparison. Is it fair to expect, you know, Wimby? And not saying that he has nothing to do about him being coming better than the Joker or being as good as Joker. He's got a long way to go. I don't care what his highlight films it look like. Joker has is, is become a beast, but he's had to work to get there. You know, it's funny. They were reading his uh, – his pre-scout um, sheet on him of the, you know, slow, he's kind of not, at, I mean, it's great, but you know what? And like he, as a man, you know what he responded? He goes, they were right, but he worked on all that. So the point is, if you look at it, if he's going to live up to any of the hype or any forms of it, is it fair enough to say that he needs to do that as well as bringing players around him in this organization up to where in a six-year time, probably the six-year, seven-year, we're looking up and he's had that same effect and people are talking about him and this team and this organization where it's at. Now, I will tell you this. The one thing that Joker didn't have to deal with that Wimby has to deal with is there's two things. One is expectations because Joker didn't know – Nobody knew really too much about the Joker expectations coming in. He wasn't hyped up coming into the He was league. the 41st overall pick. He was a yeah. second-round pick. Yeah, right. So he wasn't, you know, overly hyped. And number two, which is kind of goes in the same, you know, not category, but it's a, a part. Um, there was really no – I mean, there was no – there's no banners hanging in Denver – in the Pepsi Center when he showed up for basketball. There's no really, I mean, yeah, you got Alex English, you know, they'll claim Carmelo Anthony, you know. AI stopped by for a cup of coffee, but he's associated with the 76ers. There was no, you know, when you look up in the Raptors, like, damn, especially somebody that's played your position is a big man. So that's what Wimby's got going for him when he shows up here that the Joker didn't have to deal with. But I will answer my own question and I will tell you, yeah, I do think that that should be a, a somewhat of a bar of an expectation based on the time frame and based on the height. And, that, and that's that. Now, what needs to come along with that is good coaching as well. Because, I mean, you know, Mike Malone, he was coaching for his job this year, no doubt, just because the you know, the process was becoming st- – it's just crazy how that region has changed. They've gone from, you know, wanting to fire the guy, and now after game one – and it's crazy because who are they comparing themselves to? They're saying that they could become the Spurs, the next Spurs of Colorado. They're talking dynasty talk with this regime because they're young – they're all under 30 and because of the Joker. And so they really, I mean, they ain't even got one yet. They three games away. But they're already talking about a run. Okay. So to me, it's just crazy how quickly they have changed up there in the narrative. But the reality of it is, is that, yes, I do think that there's a, there's a level of that, that in a six-year time frame or something, if he's going to be, if he's that guy that what everybody thinks he's going to be or a prospect we've never seen, hell, we might be even looking at that and asking that in year three and four. And I don't necessarily need no back-to-back MVPs, 
But it's just one of those things that I think it the way that team is built and the way it was built is the same way that they've done it down here before, and it's the same way they're going to try to do it, whether it's with Pop or whoever else, with Wimby. What do you got? On the coaching conversation around Malone changing, it's the same thing that happened with Budenholzer in, in Milwaukee. We, you and I have gone back and forth on that fact, um, for the fact that you know they wanted, they wanted to get rid of him before, before and then he wins a title. And then, of course, you go to the next three years, and it's just, okay, we early exits in the playoffs. So it's going to be on Malone to not only take his head off the chopping block, but he's got to continue to do work. Otherwise, that fan base or that uh, that front office could look, similarly look and say, hey, but we've got to get back there. Because now you, you, once you once you give the fan base and the front office a taste of that success, it changes the bar from a head coaching standpoint. So I just wanted to address that on the Malone. And then when you look at the player expectations and, no, and Jokic setting the bar for Wembenyama, 100%. But again, as a as a city, as a region, as a fan base, you know, the Spurs, you know, they're, sure, they're trying to play games outside of San Antonio, but there's already a fan base outside, outside of San Antonio. There's got to be a level of patience there, too. Looking at similar stars, comparison factors... Jokic wasn't until year th- uh, year four that he made an all-star team. Okay? First season, averaged 10 points a game. Grew the next year, 16, 16 and a half points a game. Huh? Next year, 18. Then he gets to his 20. That's his first, you know, all-NBA year and, and um, you know, all-star game year. Giannis, 19, comes in a little bit underdeveloped, you know, just like Joker, underdeveloped. It's not like they're LeBrons coming out of high school, built like, you know, fully grown men. Giannis, in his fourth year, made the all-star team. He came in average 6.8 points per game, then 12, then 16, then 22 is when he starts to get that ascension. Joel Embiid didn't get to play his first two years because of injury, but by then he's 22, comes in, plays a season, the next year makes his first All-Star game. So there's got to be a level of patience as well. You can't just come in and bring the guy in, expect an overnight, because even as these stars develop, and kind of to the question earlier from Adam, next year is going to be, you should run back this team. There's a lot of young, untapped potential on this team, and you've got to figure out who works with Victor now. And that's where it's, you don't want to you don't want to worry about bringing in maybe outside veterans quite yet because you've got to adapt. The coaching staff has to adapt to uh, to Victor's game, and then you've got to see what players you have around him, and then you can make the decision. Okay, he's not necessarily the fit here. We can play Victor a little bit more on the perimeter, so let's swap this out. You do have Mamut Kalashvili. You know, kind of answering Adam's question again as, as a six foot eleven big that came down from Milwaukee and shined there at the end. I'm not saying that he's going to be able to really take minutes off of Victor, but he's a big that helps. Bases the floor does similar things. But there's got to be a level of patience, too, because look at Milwaukee, look at Philadelphia, look at Denver. They weren't overnight successes. What was Giannis drafted at again? Uh, Position-wise? No, I mean, where overall? Was he number one? Where was Giannis? No, Giannis was a 15 overall. Okay. So, um, I so, so they, don't, they don't carry, you know, they don't carry the same expectation right. of a number one overall okay. pick. Okay, but let that, I, 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 wanted to clear, I wanted to clarify that. Because before I get to Embiid, because uh, Embiid was drafted what? 
If I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing it here, okay. but I'm pretty sure third overall. Okay. And well, well uh, first of all, third overall. Okay, well, first of all, we can't just speed over that. Like that is not part of the factor. That's a that's a big deciding factor. So I, I mean, I'm not gonna totally. That's why I let you. That's why I didn't want to interrupt you because I could hear you what you were trying to point to get to and I didn't totally disagree. There were some that I disagree with, but not totally because I am with you. There's a thin line when you talk about patience though. And yes, I do think that that's the reason why I just said last segment that I don't really feel like a Van Fleet or anybody else is that important to go get right now because it's, this team's not ready. So I'm already, I'm not thinking, and I don't think, you know, unless the people that wear a silver and black blue blocker glasses really think this is going to be an overnight situation just because of Wimby. Okay, because I've said this before, Tim Duncan walked into uh, Tim Duncan walked into a pretty much loaded team. Okay, you're talking about David Robinson. Sean Elliott was a vet. You know, he he walked in some vet. It was a different time, a different era, different game. But he walked in, and uh, compared to this team, he, it was a loaded team. So let's just get this straight. I, that that you talk about patient expectations. That's one. But make no mistake about it, man. And, and first of all. Joker didn't come in undeveloped. Joker's biggest thing in his early on was his weight. He was out of condition. Joker got Joker has worked his ass off to get in shape and in, in condition. And Bede and B didn't even take the NBA, in my opinion, didn't even take the NBA serious for the first three or four years of his career. Because he was too busy trying to be the clown of the day on social media. None of these guys that we talked about, Giannis. Joker, hell, even Embiid. Embiid was coming out of Kansas, man. I mean, Kansas, you get drafted out of Kansas, whatever. None of them had you. First of all, I'll say it this way. None of those guys you had, you just talked about. Was 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 LeBron talking about Giannis when he came out on his radar? No. Was Steph Curry talking about them? Were they on this radar? And just before he even stepped the foot, talking about them? No. Was somebody at that time on Giannis stature saying, we got to get ready for this kid? No. This guy that I guess just got eliminated today. Did not get eliminated. They, they lost the game. Did not get oh, eliminated. Oh, okay. They lost today or still, you know, seeking his France championship over there. No, sir. No, sir. Not the love and the expectations this guy's gotten from his peers. We're not judging. That's why I even said this take in a six-year period. Over six years. If he is the guy, if this organization is who we think it is and who they've proven to be. And Pop don't even need to stay here necessarily this because it's going to be on them or who they place and make sure that, hey, you just don't wreck the Ferrari. It's up to the organization up there. If this kid is who what he's supposed to be and you look at the look, I mean, you look at LeBron's on his way out. Steph, with the way he conditions himself and everything, I think Steph is on the 15th tee. 14, 15. He ain't on the 17th or 18. He's on about 15, though. Clay's probably, because of injuries, Clay's probably, he's playing two groups ahead of Steph. He's probably on his 17th, 18th green. So if you look at that, and you just look at that, the, the other beast is, is, is coming to the back nine. LeBron's out. When you start looking around, if this kid is who he's supposed to be and the right pieces and the right people are taking in place, we might not be talking six. We might be talking in three. I'm, I'm thinking like in year three or four to take that leap where you can see. And not only that, with Joker, we all saw greatness. 
from Joker. It was just a, his conditioning is what held him back. We saw greatness in Embiid. I mean, I remember hearing the Lajuan comparisons and laughing at them, but they were out there. So, yes, I think so. It's a thin. So the expectations can't you, you can't judge. I, I, so that's the part I push back on you. Yes, there's got to be some patience. But those everybody you named in there, including Giannis, whatever, was not supposed to be this kid who's coming out. I get that. What I what the what my, my point there is year four for all of them. They got through three seasons and each of them. It was the fourth year since being drafted. That's when they made their first all-star team. That's when their team start, really started to make a move and uh, in terms of the landscape of the NBA. Wimby should be making his all-star in his second year. As a, as a player, as a, I, as a I, player. I can agree with that as a player. Maybe not as a rookie, but probably in his second year. Because I, and I, The reason why I say that is because I believe as some of this greatness gets older and push out, when I'm looking at the rest of the guys that got next, the bar is not really that high. I, I see the NBA is about to become a league that has a bunch that it's going to result into parity, but it's just going to come down to where you got a you got some average guys and some good guys, and then you got a few great guys. Like we are, like they, you know, LeBron had that cryptic message the other day. He took a line from Jay Z talking about you know whatever you're gonna miss me when I'm gone or whatever. I should be number one on everybody's list. What you gonna say when I no longer exist? He had that quit, and I and I was gonna come in and tell LeBron. You out, bro. You got swept. Don't don't be trying to hijack the finals with people. Oh, you see what LeBron tweeted? See, I'm gonna call fair. I call everybody out. But the thing is, I agree with that cryptic tweet he said because we are gonna sit there and say, "Damn!" When LeBron leaves, we are gonna sit there and say, "Man," because we're gonna start looking around. When Steph kid, we're gonna look around. So by that time, it, the bar is gonna be a little bit lower for Wimby to be shining or basically talking about maybe the best player at the top if he's that guy and he gets the right coaching. So, again, I, 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 look, they're nowhere close to being a title team. They're not. That's why the whole veteran. But I just thought I'd bring up the question and just say, hey, man, when I'm looking. And the only reason why I'm doing that is because the way it went down with Joker and Denver, the way they developed it, the way they gave Mike Malone time to develop it, because he's the standard now. Joker's going to be the standard for the big man. Now, one thing Adam did say in that whole question on the Facebook Live that I that I kind of agree with is basically I would say instead of a point guard, go get another big. Because I think to do the fact of it is I don't know. I want to see this kid play, but it's just the fact that like, hey, you know, they drafted Tim as a center too, but he ended up basically being a power forward. Because Dave was they had Dave. Dave was already playing center. But so so I would prefer probably Wimby to be more of a forward instead of the center but they're gonna have to get somebody big but I, I i that's a move that i wouldn't mind they don't grow on trees i don't know who that's gonna be but i, I would like that more than another guard you know like if you ain't talking about a guard like a scoot henderson that's supposed to be generational too if you ain't talking about that and there's some good guards that's going to be around that 15 17 rank. that's why you hear the reports of the spurs could move back into like that 15th you know there's no way i have them getting up and moving to three i don't care what uh Charlotte wants to do. They they they'd have to give up too much, I believe, to even move up to three, to even have the opportunity to draft Scoot. Okay, because I guarantee you he wouldn't be coming to this team, this younger team. Uh, you talking about Sohan? You talking about Trey? And you could be talking about Keldon and some of these picks. If you're talking about moving them to, you think the league, you think they really going to let the Spurs, yeah, after 20 some years of dominance, yeah, we're just going to give it, we're just going to let them move up and take number two and three. 
possibly two generational players in one draft. That's like Baltimore Ravens, Ozzie News and stuff. That stuff don't even really hardly happen in the NFL. If these kids are going to be one and two, what they really going to be. So I've seen that float around. Get that out of your mind. Because first of all, this ain't going to be this team. And I'm not. And even for that, I'm good with the number one. I don't know if I'm even ready to move off Sohan even for Scoot. And, and Scoot might be that dude and Steph Curry didn't co-sign for him. But do you really need that? But I'll take another big. But moving on. Moving on to the pigskin. National Football League. We got OTAs that are going to be starting next week up again. Um, we got a couple things shaking on uh, with the NFL. First off, we got to go to um, Patrick Quinn of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, says that he is pretty much that due to the fact that Ravens declined his fifth-year option, he thinks that's a blessing. He thinks it's a blessing. And I will tell you right now, this is these are the things that I've always talked about. Well, you know, because keep in mind, who did they just go get and give a good, big contract to from Chicago? Uh, Roquan. Right. When you bring guys in, and trust me, we all know the talent of Roquan Smith. I get it. But when you bring a talent in from the outside that's not drafted, that's not homegrown, because if I'm not, yeah, because Patrick Quinn, he drafted by the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So when you when you sit there and you trade, free agency, whatever, how you ever acquire the outsiders, and you take care of them and pay them, and to be honest with you, because until I saw this this morning, it slipped by my radar, even the fact that they declined his fifth-year option. You got to be careful with that stuff. Now, this is an organization, you know, they just came off this whole, you know, they can finally excel from the Lamar Jackson situation. They've had 24 months on this Lamar, uh, two years over this Lamar contract. They can finally excel. They know what they're doing. I got a lot of respect for the Baltimore Ravens organization. I really do. But I will add to that. When we get back, you listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. Get a dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, 
Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.